Five scores! Rick Bud. We decided to get ourselves back in the game again with our podcast. Rick Bud. Probably the craziest story that you're ever going to hear about hockey. We're going to be coming back to you on a regular basis. You are listening to Squid and the Ultimate Leafs fan. Hello, Canada and hockey fans of the United States and Newfoundland. And an extra big hello to Canadian servicemen overseas. Welcome, everyone, to episode 81 of the Squid and Ultimate Leaf Fan Show. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Leafs fan. Joining me, as always, my winger, Ricky Squid Vibe. Squid, how are we keeping? Uh, bored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially Tuesdays and Thursdays, my wife goes to Burlington to look after her grandson. So I'm here all alone all day. Most of the time, I get a workout in, which I did this morning. So yeah. anyway, we'll just have to be patient. Well, I'll get the net out in the driver and start taking some stops, getting ready for some of the uh, you know alumni games coming up in the next few months. Yeah, no, I don't I I don't have a net. <laughs> <laughs> well, Squid, our guest today was chosen 17th overall by the Buffalo Sabres in 1994 amateur draft. Would enjoy a 15-year pro career with stops in six cities, including Toronto. Uh, the family, by the way, has got a long, long history of hockey players, which we'll get into. I, I said to him off the air before we came on, I think we need a whole show to go through the whole family. But I want to introduce <laughs> Wayne Primo, thanking you, Wayne, first for joining us first off. And uh, how you keeping? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'd say the same as Squid. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, just, it's just different times, obviously. And it, it, really, it really does put a damper on things when they close things down. But... Um, I coached my youngest boy. He's 12, and um, um, this, the GTHL was on pause for just over a month, and now it's back back uh, up and running. So we had a practice Wednesday, a practice Thursday, a practice Saturday, a game Sunday, a game Monday. So oh, now it's starting to get now it's starting oh. to get a little bit little bit busier um, in the evening, and and again try and during the, during the day get in get in a workout to uh, just kind of stay active and stay fit. Well, I just want to keep you guys on hold a little bit till we go any further because we've got an ever-evolving yeah. round of um, sponsors that come at us all the time. So we do have to take a little break for our sponsor to set things up. Now, the person who runs this for us on our marketing side, he mentioned name to me. If I think it was hair or something, and I lost track of it, but I mean, we do have a clip they've done with the commercial, so we're going to play uh, it. I know. Hockey star, has this ever happened to you? Uh, enjoying the game? Get lost, helmet boy. I like men who aren't afraid to take a puck to the head. Gee, Keith, she sure shot you down. It's all because of the stupid helmet. But I came into the league after the mandatory helmet rule. Hey, don't get upset. Just use one of these. It's the new wig helmet from the Hockey Club for Men. Yes, now you two can sport a reckless, dashing look and comply with league bylaws at the same time. The Hockey Club for Men wig helmet comes in three exciting styles. The regular, the Guy Lafleur, or the Craig McTavish. Hey, that's more like it. You look great. I know. Coach thinks I lost some weight. Love your hair. It's so original six. Get a load of this. Ooh. Thanks, Hockey Club for Men. The Hockey Club for Men wig helmet in stores now. Oh, oh. 
way. Oh, fuck. <laughs> had to. They just had to. <laughs> uh, okay, Wayne, what's the explanation? Now we know why he played 15 years in the NHL <laughs> and didn't get into acting. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. No, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was actually for the um, – the NHL awards uh, presentation uh, that year, they'd ask Keith and I if we would do a little skit and stuff. And I guess that was what they wanted to do. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it was fun at the time or whatever, and people get a, a good laugh at it, but uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people bring that up and um, it's one that we probably want to forget. Well, I was pretty Glenn found that one. So you can blame Glenn on that one. Yeah. And he threw that one. I thought it was pretty good. So, yeah. The other thing we want to touch on is, you know, everybody sort of gets inspired by an event or something that happens in their life to move on to another thing. And I know you guys were involved, you're involved with uh, concussion protocol. And one of our guys we talked about off the air, Kerry Goulet, does a lot of work that way. But was there a certain moment that got you going? And as a matter of fact, let's throw this at you. Maybe this was one of those incidents that uh, maybe turned you to think maybe this is something you should be doing going further. Um, well, obviously Keith, uh, was unfortunately had to retire due to concussion. Uh, so oh, no, Wayne, hang on, watch this first, because this is, oh, sorry, sorry. This is you guys. Uh, <laughs> we want to get into that though. Yeah. Yeah. We got to hear about all this one now. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I let him take. I let him take me down at the end, just so you know. I told him, "You're the, you're the older brother. I don't want as being the younger brother to embarrass you, so take me down." Now, is it also true that he phoned your mom during the game to apologize her for you two fighting? Yeah, I'm sure Squid's heard this story a lot because I get asked it a lot at the, yeah. at the alumni events. But um, that was the first time we ever played against each other, ever been on the ice competitively against each other, and. Um, obviously that was my first year in Buffalo and he was, that was his, I think sixth or seventh year in the NHL, um, his first year and only year with Hartford, but, um, it was, uh, it was in Hartford. Um, I remember leading up to that game, all my teammates were asking me, are you going to fight your brother? Are you going to fight your brother? Um, and I used to remember saying to them like, no, it's not going to happen. We're very close. It's like, I just thought it was a weird question. And even going to the rink that day. Um, you know, there was some, some car charts looking for autographs and they asked the same question. You're going to fight your brother. I'm like, what is with this question? <laughs> and so, um, sure enough, near the end of the second period, um, I got hit by one of his defensemen in the corner and I didn't like how he hit me or whatever. And so I went back at him in front of the net and, um, kind of knocked him over and my stick was kind of underneath him. So I was kind of pulling it away and then I was spearing him, pulling it away and spearing him. And so Sean Burke was their goalie. And at that time he, he saw what was going on didn't like it. So next thing you know, I have a, a blocker across my face. So then I punched him and then he punched me. And then when I went to swing again, Keith was the closest guy to stick up for him. So he was on my back and we kind of got away from everybody in the corner. And um, Bob Bugner was on my team and he just, you know, he comes and he's like, you guys aren't fighting your brothers. Don't let it happen. Don't do it. And then in, in Hartford, they really loved Keith. And so they're chanting pretty much all game. They were chanting Primo, Primo. And even during that game, I remember Teddy Nolan saying, hey, Prems, they're, they're calling your name. Get out there or whatever. So um, they were chanting and stuff. And little did they know that it was uh, the both of us. And so he just said, what do you want to do? I said, uh, I don't care. And so sure enough, we're throwing. And I know he's not throwing through his punches, but he's still hitting me. And so this time it's, it's starting to piss me off. 
And so um, I, I throw an uppercut and it just skims him. And you can kind of see it. His helmet kind of goes up and he, um, he, he he's thinking to himself, okay, this is starting to get a little too serious. And that's when at the end he throws me to the ground and I go to, to my um, dressing room. He goes to his dressing room and right away he goes and calls my parents and my dad answers the phone and he's laughing and, and, you know, thinks it's funny and stuff and he's and so Keith is like you know I apologize I'm the older sibling I should know better and my my one sister my mom were there and they they started screaming at him saying yeah you should know better you are the older sibling I was wrong what are you doing and so sure enough as soon as that happened my dad stopped laughing and just said listen we get we get that you guys are competitive and all this but but just don't let it happen again and it never did I got some face washes in but um but no, never fought again that was it the end of it <laughs> oh man, I tell you, but it's funny because every time we play uh, an alumni game or do an appearance together, all that always comes up in the conversation, yeah. and, and it's always discussed. So I've heard, I've heard it probably, yeah, fifteen times already. Because yeah. yeah. somebody always asks them that question. Always, yeah, I, always it's, ask it. It's, I mean, it's yeah. it's so rare, right? I mean, I don't think it's ever happened in the NHL of of two brothers fighting, except for that. I mean, obviously they've had you know, skirmishes and stuff like that, but never full, full flowing, full, full out, you know, dropping the gloves and, and throwing punches. But uh, yeah, it's something that uh, we definitely won't live down. Well, yeah, um, it's funny. It's funny that that came up though, because uh, I, I got to tell you a quick story. Uh, I got engaged to my wife and her brother was playing in Pittsburgh. It was his last year playing in the NHL. He was a defenseman, played in Boston, California, Cleveland, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. So anyway, we're playing Pittsburgh. I'm still with Vancouver, and I'm in front of the net. He cross-checks me and knocks me down. I get up, and I whack him, and then the next thing you know, we're looking at each other, and I just went, holy shit, I can't fight my brother. My future brother-in-law. <laughs> they just started skating. Well, they were they were going out of their zone, so it was a good excuse to get the heck out of there and not have to fight him. <laughs> well, yeah. We want to figure out how you got there. Now, we both we talked about off the air, like Scarborough, uh, home to a lot of great players that come out of there, a couple on the Leafs now with, uh, you know, um, uh, Michael Bunting and Wayne Simmons, but the Dillons came from there, the Marzen, uh, Brick Tockett, Timmy Young, Mike Johnson, all these guys. Yeah. Uh, the Primo, uh, you did. Your brother's born in Toronto, but we'll call you a Scarborough guy. Talk about growing up playing hockey at the early ages leading up to being drafted by Owen Sound. So, I mean, ultimately, I was born in Scarborough. Um, yeah. We we lived in Markham till I was five years of age, um, and then we moved to Whitby, and my and my parents still reside there. Yeah. Um, so I played my whole minor hockey growing up in Whitby uh, with the with Brooklyn Whitby minor hockey. Um, a lot of players that have come out of there. Um, uh, Keith Keith also played with Adam Foot uh, on the same yeah. team growing up. Obviously, Joe Newendike, yeah. Gary Roberts. Um, uh, who else? I mean, upcomings like Cole Perfetti. I mean, Mitch Marner lived in, in uh, Whitby for a bit in the early ages, and then he moved to the Greater Toronto Hockey League. Um, Sagan, I believe, played in Whitby early on too. Um, Jamie Allison, uh, Paul Ranger. So there's a good there's a good group that have yeah. come, has come out of Whitby, and um, you know, I I I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed my my time there, and I always uh, you know appreciate um, and and always am, am happy to call. Uh, Whippy um, is where I'm from. Um, it's, I mean, it, when I left, when I left Whippy to, to my first year junior, Iroquois Park was a two pad arena. It had just built the second pad, and now it's a six pad. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, not even just for hockey, but for lacrosse as well. It's a great sport town and, um, and I'm proud to call Whippy my, uh, my hometown. So, and yeah. so talk about ending up in Owen Sound. So, um, I, I, like I said, I played my minor hockey in yep. Whippy, um, and I, I moved up, up in age group when I, I skipped Peewee, I went to minor Bantam, played up in Bantam and then in midget, it was actually a three-year age group. Um, so I was playing with guys that were a couple years older than me. And then I was drafted to own sound in the OHL. Uh, at that time they were called the own sound platers. I was drafted to them uh, fourth fourth overall and um, played there for three and a half years. And then at the deadline on my fourth year, I was uh, I had asked to be uh, to be moved because I wanted an opportunity to win. Uh, unfortunately, I went to Oshawa, which was great. I got to live close to home. I lived at my par- at my at my my parents' place, um, and then um, we we ended up unfortunately losing in the first round, but. Uh, after that year was done, um, I got to go to Rochester, which is Buffalo's farm system, yep. and uh, played the last game, eight games of the regular season, and then played uh, 19 of, of 21 games in the playoffs, and we won the Calder Cup, which was uh, which was an amazing experience. Squid? Yeah, that, well, that Rochester is a great hockey town, and uh, yeah. the fans there were great. I remember my last year in Buffalo when they wouldn't move me, and I asked to be moved, and, and they wouldn't, and I told the GM, I said, well, if you can't move me at the deadline, send me to Rochester because I, I want to play. I, right. I, I don't like sitting in the press box. And I loved it there. We, we went to the semifinals that year. I had a lot of fun. Uh, the guys were great. The fans were wonderful. I, it, it, was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, it was. So I, I, can understand, I can understand your experience was probably pretty good, too, coming out of the union. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very cool. I mean, we had a, a great, a great team and, um, you know, uh, we ended up beating Portland in, in seven games, uh, and we won the once the seventh game in Rochester, it was a packed house and, um, just, a yeah, it was just an amazing, um, amazing time and, and, uh, you know, a time that I'll never, I'll never forget. Well, Wayne, your draft year in Owen Sound, talk about, uh, what kind of talk were you hearing about being taken or was somebody going to take you or bleeding right up to the draft? To the OHL draft or the NHL? NHL. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's changed so much now, right? Like there's so much social media. Um, yeah. There's so much more talk about, um, you know, the up, upcoming prospects. They have prospect games now, which they didn't have when I was playing. Um, so, I mean, I, I knew that I was, I was actually at that time, I was ranked 17th and I did go 17th. I thought there was a slight chance that I might might go higher. I actually thought maybe Quebec or Toronto were two teams that I might go to, um, mm. and um, I wasn't selected by them. And then I was selected by Buffalo, and I you know I was super ecstatic. I mean, it's uh, it's close. It was close to, to home. Um, you know, you're 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 in the states, and um, you know it was a it was a team that um, I think that Buffalo, um, the city itself, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, but it, they, but it was a great place to play. Um, every year that I was there, we improved my first year. We lost in the first round. My second year, we lost in the second round. My third year, we lost in the conference finals. And then then my fourth year, we lost in the Stanley cup finals. So every year we progressed and, and, um, and, uh, it was, it was a young group, but we had also had a good mix of veteran guys. And, 
Um, you know, we didn't have any stars, as you would say, other than, you know, our star was Dominic Hasek, who, in my opinion, is the best best goalie to play. He was just outstanding and gave us a chance every night. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't too shabby. Uh, no. I've seen some of the saves that he's made. It's like, I mean, it looks like he's totally out of the play, yeah. and they're going to score a goal. And the next thing you know, he somehow gets his body across and, and makes a save. But um, I don't remember ever playing with anybody or playing against anybody that played like him, not like that. Right. I mean, was- most of the guys were stand up or or went down in a butterfly. I mean, right. he just flopped all over the place. Yeah, he was very unorthodox. But, I mean, if you look at goalies nowadays, some of the saves that Dom made back in the day, you see other guys implementing yeah. with Scorpion where they lift their leg back or they – they 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 win like win well back type thing and and use their arms to make saves whatever it takes to to, to stop the puck but he I mean you know most goalies you know they're they're they they hate one they're you know they're not I think they, they they're not super competitive in practice for the most part or they hate getting hit in the helmet they just like if if you hit him in the helmet they they despise you but him he didn't care he just wanted to stop the puck I remember one time he told us to go in a horseshoe so a bunch of us are in a horseshoe in front of him and he says shoot the puck high so guys are shooting the puck high around his chest and uh, he stops us and he goes no 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 I want you to shoot out at my head so guys are taking clappers and hitting him in the head he just didn't care he just wanted to get the feel he wanted to stop the puck and he would do whatever it took to to stop it it was just uh, and again he wouldn't let you leave the ice pregame skate he wouldn't let you leave the ice unless you uh Unless he stopped you, if you scored a goal, he would, he'd make you come back and and shoot on him again until until he stopped you, so he'd feel better before leaving the ice. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that 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 is funny because I can I can guarantee you the the thirteen years that I played, if you hit any of the goalies I played with in the head in practice, there'd be a stick coming at your head for sure. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, right? But he he just he just didn't care. He didn't care. He just uh, all. All he wow. cared about was stopping the puck. That's it. Well, I just want to go back uh, b- briefly for a second about your draft year and just that whole experience. And what I wanted to touch on slightly was your brother Keith was taken third overall by Troy in 1990. Yep. Yep. So the process of being a highly touted prospect, your family had gone through it. Did this help you in a way or did disguise for you sort of that pressure you may have felt being a high prospect like that because your I mean, family for- had gone through it once? Right. I mean, for me, I mean, I, I think there was always a little bit of added pressure being the younger sibling of us, of a, yeah. an older brother that, that, you know, had already, um, you know, gone through it, um, had, had a good junior career, you know, was drafted high, was, you know, already playing in his fifth or sixth year, I think maybe or fourth or fifth year before I was drafted. So, you know, you're always, you're always asked the question, you know, like about the comparison or, or this or that, but ultimately I just tried to play my own, my own game and, and uh, let, let it take care of itself. Um, you know, I looked up to Keith. I thought that uh, he was a good role model for me. You know, if I ever had any questions, he was always there to answer them for me. So it helped in that aspect of understanding mm-hmm. what I needed to work on, what I needed to improve and, and uh, to, to get to that next level. Uh, what about your first camp in Buffalo? How was that? Uh, it was an amazing experience. I mean, my first year in Buffalo, there was the likes of uh, Dale Howarchuk, um, Alexander McGillney, um, even Grant Fuhr was there. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, it was so surreal, I mean, to be there around around guys that I watched growing up and, you know, uh, looking up to. And, and they were all they were all great guys. They were all um, – 
um, you know, sociable and, and never looked down on you. They, you know, they, re they were very respectful of, of, of myself and other guys that were coming in for, for training camp. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty much the way it is. Like it was for me too. I mean, I, I went to Vancouver at, at 20 years old the year before the WHA and I, most of the team was older. Uh, but they, they treated you very well. Like they welcomed you in. They, they, you know, we didn't go through any initiation stuff, any kind of, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And I get, I guess that says a lot about hockey players in general. I guess that they're, it's they're true. good I mean, guys. Yeah, that's, it's true. Like yeah. you, you get that question asked a lot. Like, is there anybody you played with that you despised or not, didn't like? And honestly, I, I look back at it and there's, there's not one that I said, man, I, I, I really didn't like that guy. For the most part, all yeah. guys are the same. Even when you get traded, you know, it, it's difficult to be traded. But at the same time, you, you know, you're going into a situation where most guys have been traded. And, and so guys are pretty welcoming and um, they make the transition easier when you, when you go to a new, new club. What was it like uh, your first trade? So, so I it was like I said after. Were you, the scale, were you single? Uh, I was well. I was with my wife at the time, so she was actually living with me. Okay, at the time. and, and um, so it was, you know, it was, um, it was, it was actually something that I had I had asked for. I look back at it and I wonder if you know maybe I I would have been a little bit more patient. Um, you know, I, it was already my fifth year with with Buffalo. Um, um, I just found that my ice time wasn't, um, you know, in the regular season, it wasn't as much as I would like to have been, you know, come playoff. It seemed to, I used to be used a lot more. I don't know if it was just the type of game and stuff. And, and, um, um, he was more confident in using me in that, in that, that, I guess that time or whatever. Um, and so I just, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I, it was kind of a mutual thing. And so, um, you know, I was, I was shocked at first, but I was, I was excited about the opportunity and, and seeing, you know, what would happen. But I find that, you know, obviously when you get traded once, it's a lot easier to get traded again. Um, and, uh, and it definitely, <laughs> definitely did happen more than once. So, um, but I, I well, it's, it's a little bit more difficult when you have kids and kids are in school right, so, and that yes, sort of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, cause I went through that a couple of times, but by the way, uh, you were in a pretty good number there at Buffalo too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually. So that, that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been that long after I wore it actually. So ninety one, ninety two. Right. So when I went to to Buffalo, actually at the time Charlie Huddy was wearing twenty two. So I I had to pick a different number. So I took seventy six, and then the next year, um, um, Charlie was uh, was moved out. And um, I ended up um, um, getting the 22. I wore 22 in junior and, and then uh, eventually wore it in Buffalo for, for the years that I was there. Well, I was going to ask you, Wayne, before we got into uh, being traded, was, I was going to ask you the 95-96 season, we're going back here and we're bouncing back and forth a little bit with you. But uh, what I want to get is your feel on uh, just moving in that your high draft pick, you play for two junior teams that year, you play with Rochester and you play with yeah. Buffalo. So you play all three levels. Yeah. You know, going from an elite player all the way up. I mean, your mindset, what was going through your mind through all of that was just like, it's just part of the process. It's just part of the process and just keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, my, my, my first game was actually after my third year of junior. 
myself and Curtis Brown were, were called up after our junior seasons and we were able to travel with, uh, with the Sabres, uh, practice with the Sabres, um, just kind of get a feel. Take, we took some warm-ups and stuff, just get a feel what it's like to be a pro, um, which was a great experience. I got to room with Pat LaFontaine and, um, and um, you know, so it was, so it, it was, I mean, I, I still remember it was the last game of the season. I got to play, I got to play my first NHL game. And all I know is that I was, I was the most nervous I had ever been um, playing the game. Uh, we played New Jersey. And at that time, New Jersey was a really strong team. Um, but we, uh, we ended up winning. Um, I scored my first goal and, um, yeah, I scored my first goal and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be, um, this is going to be pretty easy if I'm scoring like this, right. (laughs) But it didn't work out that way, but, uh, but you know what, for the most part, I felt I, you know, had a a decent career. Well, I was going to ask you on the top, like on the back of that, now you're moving along a little bit at six, four, 230 pounds management. I'm assuming is looking for you to play a physical game. Now, I was going to ask you this before you answer. I was just going to say, did this, in a way, get in in the way of your development? And what I mean by that is you're so focused on trying to be a physical player because your brother was. Yeah. Was that taken away from you growing in other areas of the game? So, so I I kind of look back at it and and um, I you know playing in junior, um, you know I I had 37 points as a 16 year old in the OHL. Then my draft year I had 75 points, and then my third year I had almost 100 points. And so, and even growing up, I was always an offensive player. Um, and I'm not saying most guys were most guys were when they when they you know when they're growing up. I mean, obviously, other than the, maybe the tough tough guys, but. Um, you know, I, I didn't play a lot of games in the minors. I played eight the last season uh, after my, la- my last season at junior, and I played 24 games um, the following year and then pretty much was up the rest of my career um, or was up the rest of my career. But I um, I look back at it and sometimes say, you know, maybe, maybe the best thing for me would have been to actually stay in the minors a little longer, um, get that extra ice time and, and play in all situations, power play, penalty kill, um, and, and, and continue to develop. Whereas when I, when I was called up, um, when I was called up, I was playing on the fourth line, uh, anywhere from six to eight and a half minutes. Um, and then, you know, we had a tough team. We had Brad May, we had Rob Ray, we had Matthew Barnaby, we had, you know, Bob Bugner, we had like, we had Paul Cruz, like we had a lot of guys that would fight. So anytime you played another team, um, especially like a Flyers team or whatever, they always, they always called up their tough guys, and so you're 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 going out there in shifts and and you're playing against those guys and and sometimes I think they forgot that there was a puck out there right so it was it was <laughs> so it was it was I, that was a little bit difficult and I think I, and I sometimes wonder you know if things would have been a little bit different and how it would have been used that maybe you know um, you know might have might have worked out differently but again um, I was able to play 14 years in the NHL and um, I always say it's, you know, it's hard to get there, but it's even harder to stay there. But um, I, I, you know, I don't know how it would have, it would have ended up if, if I was maybe used a little bit differently early on in my career. Well, do you think uh, Wayne, like, I mean, growing up guys that are in the NHL for the most part, they're the best player on their team growing up yeah, all the way up. Yeah. And then you get, you know, some guys go to the American League for a while and then get to the National League. But sometimes you got to find a different role for yourself or yeah. put yeah. yourself into a different niche. I mean, obviously, I think you were probably a guy that could have played in the top six. 
Yeah. Uh, probably didn't get a whole lot of opportunities early yeah. in your career to do that. Um, but, but there's a lot of guys that are the best player on their team, but then they got to find out when they get to the NHL, okay, I got to play a fourth line role. I got to play a tough role or whatever it might be. How did you feel? Like, did you feel like, you know, I'm a top six guy. I, 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 I mean, there's, there's de- definitely times where I felt that way. I, you know, it was, it, there's times where it's, it's frustrated. I mean, um, there was, you know, like the, the thing is, is that there's only so many, um, so many spots for top six. Right. And like you said, there's a lot of great players that come in and it's just the way it works out. Like there was obviously some, some teams that I played for, um, you know, I would, there's some games where I play, you know, in the top six, but then there's other times I play in the bottom six. Like, so it was versatile that way, which was good. Right. Um, and, and sometimes you just have to do what you can to, to, you know, obviously stay or stick around and, and, um, and, and get the longevity in your career that you want. So did you, did you ever think that perhaps you've got both of those roles down during your career or did you feel like, you were going back and forth and you were confused about what. No, you know, never, never, never confused. All I know is that I knew I had to work all the time. I, you know I mean? I never took, mm-hmm. I never took my job for granted. I never went into a camp thinking that the, the, I was guaranteed a spot. I always went to camp, you know, um, knowing that there was a, a younger guy or whatever it was that was trying to, to take my job and, and I would do whatever it took to, to keep it. Right. So um, again, I mean, like I said, I look back on it. Sometimes I wish that maybe I didn't ask for that trade and who knows how it would have played out in Buffalo. But at the same time, I got a chance to live in a lot of great cities, uh, play with some of the best players in the world um, and meet a lot of good people inside and outside the game. Well, you talked about the toughness and how many, there is only so many jobs in each team and there's only so many in the whole league and, you know, to get one of them. So you, you finally get a regular job at the Sabres Take us through a little bit of that period as you grow into that. But also, this is a question we ask players a lot is, was there a moment, an event, a fight, a goal, or something even away from the rink that just registered with you that said, I made it? Um, I mean, you know, obviously just, just donning an NHL jersey, right? Um, uh, that, that, <laughs> That's a good you start. Know, like, you know, that, that, was, that was the biggest thing is, like it, again, surreal. Uh, like, uh, you never – you know, like I never really understood it. Like as a kid, like I remember even my brother was getting drafted to the OHL. Uh, I was at a friend's place and, and we were swimming and, and the sister of my friend comes out and says, oh, your brother was drafted in the fourth round by the Hamilton Steelhawks. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like I had no idea what that meant. Like, and sure enough, the next year he's moving out to, to go play junior hockey. And then obviously once you start watching that and then you start hearing about the NHL draft and everything else, then you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Like, there's actually, there's actually an opportunity here, right? Like there, there could be a chance of, of, you know, living out a dream. So um, like obviously donning my Jersey for the first time with the Buffalo Sabres. And then, um, you know, I, I, people always ask me, what do you miss about the game? And obviously you can say the paycheck first and foremost, (laughs) Um, but, but, you know, playoff time of hockey, like playoff time of year is what I miss most. It's, it's, I think in, I think it's the greatest sport um, um, when when playoffs are on. And, and um, um, you know, I, I still remember when we went to the Stanley Cup finals with, with Buffalo, there was nothing like it. It was just two and a half months of, of hard work and, 
um, you know, the, the, the city rallying around you and it's just, it's down to two teams that everybody's watching. So um, that was, uh, you know, I think that year getting to the Stanley Cup finals, I think that was where I was like, wow, like this is, you know, this is, this is real. This is real. Well, you were more fortunate than I was because I never got by the second round. So <laughs> I wouldn't know what it was like to play in the Stanley Cup finals, but, but playoffs is great. You're right. I mean, I don't think there's anything in any sport like hockey playoff time. I mean, you've got to, it's grueling. I mean, you got to yes. win 16 games in four rounds and that's not easy. Boy, I'll yeah. Say it. yeah, I know it was, uh, I still remember even in that, in the finals, in game six, when we went to triple overtime, I, I, I lost 11 pounds, 11 pounds after, after that, uh, that game. Um, and I mean, it's, to me, that's like, it's insane, but that's, that's how hard it is. Right. Like, it's just, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard, like you said, you have this never got past the second round. It's, you know, I get there when I'm like, uh, I think I was 23 at the time or 24. I'm thinking to myself, like, Okay, I, I mean, listen, it was a hard way to lose for sure, but, you know, I'll get back there again. I never did. I got to the conference finals a few more times, but never got back to the Stanley Cup finals. So, Well, Squid and I are in a roll today, Wayne. We've uh, we've brought up the one question you get asked all the time about the commercial, the one about you fighting your brother. So we might as well go for the trifecta, the goal, the triple <laughs> overtime winner by Brett Hall. Yes. What do you recall or remember about that whole thing and you and that whole instance? So again, like any other year, it would have been a good goal. Um, but that year there was so many goals called back with the foot in the crease. And there was many goals that were a hundred times worse than, than how his foot was in the crease that were being called back. And I still remember actually um, uh, during that game, um, I lost my edge a couple of times. So I was in the corridor waiting to get my, my skate sharpened and um, media is just, they're, they're just, they're just waiting for something to happen. So they, as soon as they scored, unfortunately the floodgates opened and, um, and that was it. There was no, no turning back. Um, and, you know, usually after every goal, they were, they were reviewing it to make sure there was no foot in the crease and, and that one, uh, that one there was, so that definitely stings still to this day. Well, I was, yeah. I was going to ask you guys. I mean, that, that rule was brought in for that yeah. particular reason. And I remember when that rule came in because I remember how many goals were called back. And I, I, I remember when I played, I probably would have had 10 goals a year probably called back yeah. if that rule was in. more, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was well, crazy. Well, I was going to ask you, Wayne, you know, after the game, you know, reflecting now 23 years later – do you remember anything odd that went on in the room or was said, or I, I obviously was quiet and everybody was just yeah. shocked, but anything that stands out to you that was a little peculiar? No, I mean, other than just that, you know, like everybody couldn't believe that they didn't disallow it. And it was just pretty much pure, pure silence. And obviously some tears being shed by some guys. And mm -hmm. um, like you said, it's, it, it was two and a half months of, of hard work and it was, you know, an enjoyable run um, and to lose that way, it was uh, it was it was painful. It was. What did you guys do after the game when you finally got out of there? Did you go? You know what? I, I mean, I think my sister, I think, was in. Um, my now wife, uh, she was in, and um, basically just you know went home and uh, you know 
basically watched a little TV. It was a little, obviously a little bit hard. Cried. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Cried a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was on the car ride home, but uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a tough, tough pill to swallow. So here's a question for you. Management, how did they deal with you guys mentally after devastation like that and your exit meetings, maybe even leaving the, 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 the rink that a couple of days later or whatever was going into the next year? Yeah, I mean, I think that they were pretty proud of the group um, and what we displayed. Um, obviously, they understood that it, you know, was uh, it, it hurt a lot of us. Um, um, but um, they were really, what could they say? You know, what I mean, like uh, I know that you know we had it. Yeah. We, still, we still had a parade for us in in in, in Buffalo, and um, uh, I remember Lindy Ruff just saying at the end of his speech, "No, no goal." Um, and so <laughs> kind of kind of stuck with the city of Buffalo, right? <laughs> well, they've had, a, they've had a lot of heartbreaks over the yeah. years. There's no question. That was one of them. Yeah. And when I was there, the Bills go to the Super Bowl four years in a row and don't win one. Uh, so there's been a lot of heartache in Buffalo. I can, oh, I yeah. can assure you of that. Well, look what just happened two well, weeks look, ago. That's exactly it. Look what just happened with Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Right? Like – they, they yeah. 13 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now good. how did you mentally prepare for or deal with that over the summer going into camp? Just put it aside and say, move on. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you're obviously your goal is to try and win the cup the next year. And um, it's definitely a shorter summer when you go to the Stanley cup finals. Cause we finished, I think June 17th and then yeah. you're back, you know, you're back in end of August, you're back in Buffalo. So it's like two, 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 two and a little bit of months. Whereas, you know, for teams that, you know, don't make the playoffs, you're five, five plus months. So you know. now how was the mood at camp? Upbeat. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was any, any different. I mean, same goal, same objective. Um, you know, I think guys happy to see each other, but other than that, nothing, nothing different. Well, the one we want to talk about is Tampa. Yeah. It's great. Tampa, I guess we want to get to you. Go from a Stanley Cup finalist, like after 41 games, to a team trying to find its footing, a polite yeah. way of saying a bottom feeder. Yeah. But from a hockey environment, you're an hour and a half from Toronto, where you grew up, to a sunshine vacation land. Yeah. It must have been a tough adjustment. It, it Honestly, it was a little bit of a tough adjustment. Um, you know, Obviously, it's a, Tampa is a great place to live and stuff, and uh, the team was, was struggling a little bit. I mean, I went there when I was 24, 24 and a half maybe, and, um, and I was actually one of the older guys and, um, I, I still remember saying the only, the other older, like the, the oldest guy was Pete Svoboda. Um, but, um, but I remember saying that this team definitely has a chance to win the Stanley cup. They had the likes of, uh, Vinny LeCavalier, Brad Richards, uh, Marty St. Louis. Um, I said, if they can get a goaltender, which they went out and got Nikolai Habibulin. I said, if they can get some veteran guys, because again, I'm 24 and a half and I was one of the older guys. Um, so they ended up going out and get Dave Andrichuk. They got Tim Taylor. And I think maybe, maybe Daryl Sador and Rob DeMaio, maybe mm-hmm. but right there. They got their veteran guys. You have your youth and your skill and talent in those, the young guys like, um, you know, Freddie Modine and, and Vinny LeCavalier and Brad Richards, Marty St. Louis. And I just said, if they can do that, they'll they, they'll win a Stanley Cup. And sure enough, that's what they did, and, and they, they ended up winning a Stanley Cup. So I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah. Um, I, I was, you know, I was disappointed because it was a short stint that I was there. 
Um, but um, I ended up going to, to Pittsburgh and um, I ended up playing with, you know, my boyhood idol in, in Mario Lemieux. Um, and they had a great squad. They had, you know, him and uh, Kovalev and um, they had uh, Jaeger and Straka and Robert Lang. And so, that, I mean, it was, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a really strong team. Um, and, um, when I was moved there, we actually ended up going to the, uh, the conference finals. It was the year that Mario came out of retirement and, um, I thought it was going to be our year. Uh, we ended up losing in the conference finals to Jersey. Um, but I thought that, you know, it was the year that, that, uh, Ray Bork was traded from Boston to Colorado. Mario had come out of retirement and I thought for sure it was going to be a, a Lemieux, a Lemieux, um, Bork final. And, uh, and when you get there, you never know. Right. So. I want to go. I want to go back to Tampa for a second and, yep. and talk about one guy you mentioned that I got to coach for two years in St. John of Brunswick, or almost two full years yep. when he was with the Calgary Flames. Yep. And I remember after the season, we were all called brought out to Calgary because our GM and assistant GM were fired, and we were going through the, you know, the the lineup of the players, and they had Marty right near the bottom. Right. And I, I kept questioning, like, why, you know, they had Bill Lindsay, like, second or third, and they had Marty, both second last or third last. Anyway, I kept saying, hey, you put this guy with the right players, and he'll be a 30-goal, 30-assist guy, no problem. I said, he can play in this league. The scouting staff argued with me for about an hour, and finally I said, okay, whatever. I said, I know we can play in the NHL. Now, did I think he was going to be win the scoring race and get in the yeah. Hall of Fame and everything? No, but I knew he could play. So, what did you think of Marty when in Tampa? Because he was a hell of a player. Yeah, he. I mean, he had something to prove. I mean, he had a lot of people, a lot of doubters, right? And um, you got to uh, praise what he, like he, he praise what he did. Like he, he never quit. He. I mean, I remember after every game. He was always in the gym doing deadlifts or, you know, cleans and uh, always trying to get stronger, always trying to get better. And, um, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder. He wanted to prove to people that, you know, Calgary made a mistake with, with not, with not, you know, keeping him and putting him on waivers and, uh, and prove to Tampa that they made the right choice. And, and he did, I mean, he, he, he proved all the, all the naysayers wrong and um, good for him. And a great person too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's Just actually when I got traded player. from, I got traded from Tampa to Pittsburgh. He was, uh, you know, one of a few guys that called me to to wish me luck, and and uh, you know, I always I always remembered that. Well, Wayne, yeah. speaking along uh, the same vein, um, and I mean this as a total compliment, you seem to have a three four year shelf life with teams you played on, except maybe Boston where you're two. And this isn't the Mike Keenan scenario where it's three yeah. years and out. Yeah. I read this as teams coveting your game as a missing piece rather than teams giving up on you. Right. So would you find that a bit – it must have been a little frustrating for you, though, to be getting moved around and, like, when yeah. you, know that you kept consistently I, delivering. Right. Again, so, I mean, it definitely as it gets louder in your career, it definitely starts to get a little bit um, a little bit old. Um, and like you said, then I'm starting to have a family. I have my kids. And so you're starting to, you know, uproot them and stuff. And um, – but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I just like I said, I mean, when I was in Buffalo, the regular season, you know, the ice wasn't as 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 good as I would like to have. But come playoff time, it 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 you know it it became more, 
Um, and I, I don't know, like, I think, you know, obviously come playoff time, you need those guys that are going to be in on the four check that are going to be holding on to pucks down low and being hard to play against and, you know, being strong in the circle and, all, you know, all the little things that help teams be successful. So I, I like to believe that, you know, that teams that were, you know, making runs or felt that they were heading in that direction, they, you know, they were, you know, they were wanting a player like myself. Yep. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, every team needs different types of players, especially come playoff time. And and obviously, you were that type of player where you would get in there and, and muck it up and and keep pucks down low and, and make their V work hard all, and tire them out. So uh, I wanted to get a little bit of one question now. Your son playing at Henderson. Yeah. Last year, he got to play with my son in Fort yeah. Wayne, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, considering we play so many games together uh, with the alumni. Yeah. Uh, how's he doing this year? Is he doing well? He's doing great, actually. Yeah, thanks. He's um, um, he's learning to be a pro. He's, uh, you know, like um, the good thing about last year, I mean, you know, uh, if there's any consolation, I mean, he missed out on his fourth year in the Ontario Hockey League, which, which sucked for him. Um, but at the same time, he got to uh, he played ten games in the American League with with uh, Henderson as a 19 year old. He got to play four games in the coast with Fort Wayne um, in the East Coast, and so uh, and then obviously practice with men. Um, he's 19 and he's and he's skating and practicing and working out with the strength coach in Henderson. And um, so for him, it was a great experience. It was great for the Vegas Golden Knights to see what kind of character he had and what he brought and. And uh, in, in the end, it re- they rewarded him with a three-year deal, which which um, which was we were ecstatic about. And and um, this year has been great. I mean, he has an assistant coach uh, in Joel Ward there that you know works with him, uh, whether it's you know going over video or or working on um, on the board 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 play or uh, working on you know different things that are going to help him uh, continue to be uh, become a pro and hopefully get to the ultimate goal, and that's the NHL. Wayne, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the Toronto experience. Now, you went to Calgary for your first Canadian stop. You ended up in Toronto for a short stint. But being a local guy, yep. you know all about the blue and white growing up. When you finally put that sweater over your head, was it like the craziness with the fans, the media, and all the white noise around it? Was it as you would expect or way beyond? No, I mean, I guess, it, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was um... – I mean, I guess the way it was like a storybook ending because, you know, I, I ended up finishing out my, my, my career as a Toronto Maple Leaf and uh, just even playing just the one year um, was uh, again, surreal. Um, you know, as a kid, you know, I grew up watching the Leafs and obviously watching squid and, and um, um, you know, I just, it was, uh, you know, obviously I think it would be obviously an unbelievable place to, to play, uh, if you're winning, um, you know, we uh, we kind of had an up and down season the year that I was there. Um, they traded for Fanuf. Um, they traded for Kessel early on in the year. And um, but um, yeah, what, what an amazing, um, uh, amazing part and an amazing time to finish out with uh, wearing the blue and white. Um, and now I get to do alumni events with uh, with <laughs> the likes of Squid and and, uh, you know, other other Leaf greats. Yeah, I would have to say it's probably, uh, I don't know, if you're a hockey player, you know, I mean, there are great places to play. I'm not going to say there isn't. I mean, Buffalo, I love Buffalo. The fans there were fantastic. But, gosh, there's nothing like playing in Toronto or Montreal if you're a hockey player. 
I mean, because that that technically those two places are considered the 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 universe uh, where the okay, NHL yeah. universe is, and, and kind of everything flows through those two cities. I, I don't know if you would agree with that, but I mean, I felt that way when I played in Toronto, and uh, you know, having watched games on Hockey Night Canada when I was a kid seeing Harold and King Clancy in the bunker and then all of a sudden you're on the ice and you're watching them in the bunker while you're playing. And it was like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, there's so much tradition, so much history. Um, And like I said, if it's a place where you're winning and, and if they, if they can, this young group here can, can win a championship. I mean, it would be, the city would be going insane. You can just see even with the basketball, with the, with the Raptors. I mean, it's a sports, it's a sports city, right? And they, um, they love their hockey and uh, it'd be nice to see them, uh, you know, win a Stanley cup here uh, sooner than later for sure. Well, Wayne, we're getting down to the last few minutes. I want to thank you again for joining us today. We'd just like to take a few minutes here to have you maybe talk about your family, your brother and you, your involvement with uh, concussion protocol. I know he had lots of issues as a player, but just maybe talk about the roles you guys play today in that. Right. So, I mean, we're not as involved as we were when we initially started, but um, Kerry Goulet, who you were talking about, he yes. um, yeah. he started up uh, stopconcussions.com with uh, with Keith and, and myself and, and um, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's a spot where where people who have uh, kids that are even adults that are you know having um, uh, concussion like symptoms can can reach out and um, they can put put them in touch with uh, someone to uh, to to help them um, deal with uh, what they're going through and and hopefully you know. Um, let them, you know, uh, heal and, and, and move on from, from them and, and live a healthy life. Well, I mean, I think it's great that you guys got involved in that. I mean, I, I don't even know how many concussions I had, probably 20 to 25, uh, three times knocked out cold. So obviously, you know, there, I was concussed, but there was a lot that went unnoticed. Like the trainer would say, how many fingers and you'd say two, and you'd go, yeah, okay, you just need to shift off. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's the way it was when I played anyway. And, and yeah. you know, it was good that you guys started that because it is something that could really, really linger in someone's life for many years after you finished playing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it took my brother like a good six, seven years before he started to feel somewhat normal. And, um, and uh, I mean, I still think he has his moments and his days. Um, but, um, you know, he's definitely come around, but again, if there's, you know, there's people that might reach out to me of, of, uh, parents that have kids that maybe, maybe got concussed in playing, uh, hockey. Um, I usually put them in touch with Carrie and then Carrie's able to put them in touch with, uh, with the people that they need to, to hopefully help them uh, mend. Fantastic. Well, I can tell you, I think it affected me because, well, my wife would say that because she, I, I never remember when she tells me something. So. No, I would say that too, Squid. You can't even turn a computer on. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so let's not get too carried away. Uh, Wayne, some of the teammates, now uh, a couple things here. And then uh, some of the teammates that made an impression to you, the way they handled themselves daily, you've talked already about being a good pro, yeah. both at the rink and away. Some of the guys maybe you've learned a little bit from. So, I mean, one that I would say um, for sure is Patrice Bergeron. When I was in in, uh, in Boston, um, 
uh, he, he was only in his second year um, in the NHL, but um, this is a kid that I, I, I knew right away um, the way he took care of himself, the way he, uh, the, I mean, you would run into him at whole foods. Um, he, he, I mean, usually kids that are, you know, 19, 20 years of age, they're, you know, they're not, they're not shopping at whole foods. They're, you know, they're, you yeah. know, they're eating, eating differently. Right. Um, but he just, the way he took care of himself, the way he rested, the way, you know, the way he, um, uh, held himself. Um, he, he just, he just was, he wasn't a consummate pro. He, and I remember actually the first year he played for the Olympics, um, there wasn't really much talk of him leading into it. And I remember saying like Patrice Bergeron should be on that list. And then all of a sudden his name started popping up. And then next thing you know, he was playing in the, in the Olympics and I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, he's, he's, he's had a tremendous career. Um, he's a, he's a, a great person. Um, I can't, I can't say enough good things about him. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's the, he's a player that he is for, for a reason. It's funny you brought that up because I mean, one of the things now, the NHL today, I mean, they get a lot of their meals cooked for them at the rink or whatever it might be. Uh, but I, I remember my son when he was in college uh, at Miami, Ohio, and all the athletes would want a, a easy load of classes in their final season. And he did the same thing. And then he realized he was going to be bored. So he took a cooking course for a, a semester. And I thought that was the smartest thing that he did uh, probably during his whole career at Miami, Ohio, because now when he turned pro, he was able to go to the grocery store, bring stuff home and actually cook good meals for himself. Yeah. Where a lot of the other kids were stopping at restaurants and so on and, you know, eating food that wasn't really uh, good for them as a pro hockey player. Right. I thought that was great. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'd say probably the only, the other, the other person too would be probably Zidane Ochara. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, I think there, again, you know, you talk about Marty St. Louis with the doubters because he's smaller, but then you had someone like Zidane Ochara who probably has doubters as well because he was so tall and lanky. Um, But he, I mean, again, he's a guy that watches what he puts in his body um, you know, before every game, he, he'd honestly work out for like 20 minutes before every game. He's playing 30, 30 plus minutes and he's, he's working out for 20 minutes before not lifting heavy weights, but lifting weights, doing TheraBand stuff. And, um, and just be, like, again, just always taking care of himself, watching what he, I mean, for him, I think like if he was to have himself a treat, it would be dark chocolate. I still yeah. remember when you're on the road, they have your pregame meal set up in the hotel and they always have ice cream. Um, and, I guess just, you know, some guys crave it or whatever. And so they, you know, finish their meal off, but he would literally sit at a table close to the, to the ice cream table and kind of stare at guys as they went up for the ice cream. So, but that was just him. That was just him. Like, um, again, he's just, uh, the way he worked and, 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 you know, um, he's had that career for a reason and it's because of his work ethic. It's funny you mentioned him, too, because when I coached in St. John, he was playing for Lowell in the American League at the time. Uh, I think he was with the Islanders still. And, uh, I mean, he was like Bambi on the ice, like <laughs> literally. I mean, and then to see him years later become the player that he did, that he was, I, I think that says a lot about his work ethic and the way he looked after himself because – uh, what I saw in those two years that I coached in St. John, I thought, I don't think this guy will ever play in the NHL. Well, right. 
God, he played into what, 42 <laughs> or 43 years old or something. So I mean, yeah, he did something right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He's, uh, he's had a great career. Um, best coach ever played for him. Why was he? So I, I a lot. I, yeah. Like, I mean, um, so I mean, for me personally, I, I, Ron Wilson was actually really good for me. Um, he, I had him in, in San Jose. Um, you know, I just believe that if you have a coach that instills trust in you, believes you, plays you, is confident in you, then it brings out the best in you. And he did that for me in San Jose. I had him in Toronto too. Um, obviously, it's later in my career. Um, and, you know, he still was great with me, but, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was just, I guess it was one of those times where, you know, they're, they're Toronto near the end of that year was starting to make, uh, make, make changes and they were going to start to rebuild and stuff. So the plans for me weren't there as much. So, um, you know, the ice time was, wasn't as, as good at the end, but, yeah. um, I, I'd say Ron Wilson was, uh, was, uh, was, was very good, um, to me and I, you know, I respected, um, you know, the, the way he coached and and the way he um, every pregame every pregame speech, like everything he he would come in and talk about was everything that I was I would be thinking about uh, leading into the game of what we needed to work on or what we needed to do to be to to get the win that night. Fantastic, Squid. Any final thoughts before we let Wayne go? Probably off to a rink. No, I mean no, no, tonight's a night off, which is good. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I, I think the, the best thing uh, talking with you is, is getting out of all this is is how the game changed from when I played to when you came into the league and how much different it was. Yeah. How much more emphasis was put on the summer and training and everything else. And, uh, the league certainly changed a, a whole lot within those two or three years from when I finished and you started. So uh, it's kind of hard for me to relate to some of it, but I do understand it. And I think if I was playing in the era that you were, I would have had to do those things in order to oh, stay yeah. in the league. Yeah, no, for, I mean, listen, yeah. I mean, but it's almost now, it's almost like a, it's almost a whole year thing now. Like, I mean, it, the guys yeah. don't take off a lot of time at the end of the year. They just, they, they, they almost like, they take off a week or two and then they're back in lightly, you know, getting back into, to slowly working out and, and preparing for the following season. I, I do believe that, that, you know, that they do need to, to take a little bit more rest at times. I think that um, uh, rest sometimes is good. Um, but, but again, I mean, that's just the way it is now. Everybody wants to keep doing it because they don't want to, they don't want to fall out. They don't want to feel like they're missing out on something yeah. or you're know, putting, setting themselves be back or behind uh, others that are that are up and coming right yes yeah i mean it's an 11 month a year job now and and if you don't do those 11 months you get behind and you can't afford to get behind in today's game because you know th changes can happen so quickly and then you find yourself probably in the american hockey league if you don't keep up with the yep. joneses so to speak yeah, that's right well, listen, Wayne, we want yeah. to uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great, very enlightening. Uh, best of luck to you moving forward with your son and your coaching. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And best of luck yeah. with, uh, with the podcast and everything. Okay, great. Thanks, Wayne. Yeah. Thanks, Preach. Hopefully, we'll see you on the ice soon. I hear you. <laughs>